Aloha, what's up, gang? Welcome back to the Ghost Lore of Hawaii podcast. I'm your host, as always, Jared. Mahalo for joining me on the beach from wherever you're tuning in from. Most of the Ghost Lore of Hawaii audience comes from the US and Canada, but I wanted to give a special shout out to everyone from other countries as well. It's still hard for me to believe this passion project reaching to those of you across the world, and it means so much that you return for each episode. We have a lot more to grow, but it still blows my mind how far we've gotten. So thank you, everyone. You mean the world to me, pun intended. Tonight's episode is part one of a two-part story that's based off of a real-life experience that happened to a girl I dated. Awkward. Nah, just joking. Her grandmother moved in with the family during the last stages of her life. And a few days before passing, the elderly woman began seeing people in the home that no one else could see. The family wrote it off, joking the woman was senile. However, after she passed away, they learned... There was more truth to the visions she had been interacting with. So buckle up. This story is a wild ride. Get your drinks and... Snackies. Get cozy next to the fire. And let's get into this. Randy loved his Auntie Sally, his mother's older sister. Everyone always said he got his sharp wit from her. Sally's ability to turn a serious moment silly just at the right time always made her the life of the party. Not too long after finishing college, Sally's parents passed away unexpectedly leaving Randy's mother and uncle alone. Auntie Sally was significantly older than her siblings, so decided to take them in, becoming the mother figure. She sacrificed a lot of her youth to raise her younger sister and brother, and never married. Once her siblings were old enough to live on their own, Sally relocated to the mainland, but still played a big part in her nephew's life. By the time Randy was a teenager, Auntie Sally had long been retired, choosing to spend her free time painting or walking the neighborhood. One day, Sally left for her walk, but found her normal route was different. The streets were new to her and the houses unfamiliar. 
was this the street? She continued walking, confident she had taken a turn earlier than usual, and the way home would be an easy correction. I'll find it. For hours, she searched for anything that reminded her of the path she'd taken for decades, but got more frustrated and scared as time passed. Wait a minute. This way? It was well past sunset when a patrol car pulled up next to her to see if the old woman needed assistance. Hi, ma'am. Is everything okay? The officer asked. You're not casing any houses, are you? <laughs> just joking. Oh, yeah. No, no. I, I think I just made a wrong turn going home. Oh, don't you worry, ma'am. Why don't I give you a ride back? What's your address? Oh, thank you so much, dear. I live at... At... Oh, my. Auntie Sally could not remember her address for the life of her. The officer took her to get checked up, which was how they discovered early signs of dementia. From there... Her prognosis declined rapidly. After a few more instances of getting lost and one car accident from driving down a one-way street, it was decided Sally could no longer live alone. She had always been fiercely independent, so losing her freedom, as she put it, was difficult. A care home was absolutely out of the question, and the family couldn't afford a live-in nurse. So it was decided that Auntie Sally would move in with Randy and his mom. After decades of living on the mainland, Auntie Sally moved back to Hawaii. She wouldn't take care of us small kid time, so it's only right I care for her, Randy's mom said. Their landlord, Uncle Billy, was an old Hawaiian man whose family owned the land Randy's mom rented for over a century. Over the years, Billy's family slowly divided the land and sold it off to the new influx of residents that made Hawaii home. The small, two-bedroom house Randy and his mom lived in used to be part of an old macadamia nut farm and was surrounded by rows of mac nut trees that were no longer harvested or cared for, but they still thrived. Macadamia nuts grow then fall to the ground when ready and are protected by an extremely hard shell followed by a thick casing. During harvest season, workers bend over and pick the round, tanned nuts from the ground which are then shelled, roasted, and packaged. Spending hours bent over Sifting through dead, sharp leaves to find the small nuts, which are little larger than a marble, sucks 
really sucks. I'd pick coffee over Mac nuts any day where standing upright is a thing. Oh, my back. Because their trees were no longer harvested, the nuts piled beneath the branches, making the perfect buffet for the many, many wild boar that roam the area. Wild pua'a pigs are an invasive species to Hawaii. Polynesians brought pigs with them on their canoes as they migrated to the islands. Present-day pigs are descendants of those that survived the journey and have played an important part in Hawaii's history, from providing meat to making their way into many Hawaiian legends. Take the legend of Kamapua'a, the demigod who was half-man, half-pig, mentioned in episode 3. Kalua pig roasted pork is one of the most well-known Hawaiian staples and is often still cooked the traditional way in an emu underground oven. However, the invasive pua'a have become a huge problem to the environment in recent years. Their numbers are so great, they are one of the most hunted animals in Hawaii. Like the access deer, Mentioned in the Patreon-exclusive episode, The Sleepwalker, feral pigs destroy the land by digging up crops and the roots of native plants, leaving a wake of destruction. They can weigh more than 400 pounds, are aggressive, and are known to charge when feeling threatened. Their huge tusks can easily gore a human and many people have died from boar attacks. A surfer was even attacked by a boar while in the water back in 2021. These wild pigs have been stirring up some controversy after the recent introduction of a contraceptive feed targeted to make male boars infertile. A lot of the pushback comes from the unknown repercussions a product like this may have on the ecosystem. There's also the argument that wild pua'a are so plentiful, if managed correctly, it could be a huge source of sustainable protein for the people of the islands, as it was centuries ago. Auntie Sally's health steadily deteriorated during the last few months of living with Randy's family. She became bedridden and most times was incoherent. Signs all indicated it wouldn't be long before she would pass. One day... Randy was taking Auntie Sally's breakfast and medication to her bedside. Oh, good morning, Aunt... Oh, Oh, no. Auntie Sally had been sitting upright, eyes wide open, and locked on a spot in the back corner of the room. 
I knew this day was coming, but I still wasn't ready for him. Randy said somberly as he set the tray of food down next to her bed. He knelt and closed his eyes, saying a brief prayer for his beloved auntie. The woman. Jeez, auntie, I thought you was dead. Still frozen in place, Auntie Sally's gaze never moved from the location her eyes were locked on. Catching his breath from the scare, Randy glanced in the back of the room, but didn't see anything but an old paint-chipped wall. The woman, Auntie Sally repeated. She won't let me sleep. She just stands there, staring at me. Tell her this is my room. Uh, Auntie, time for your medicine, Randy said, half-joking, but also got chicken skin from her statement. There's no room. Your horse, you cannot bring your horse inside the house. Her face was gaunt and pale. Randy cut off his auntie's glare by stepping in front of the wall she stared at. Come on, auntie, time for eat, Randy said as he gently brushed away a stray hair from her face. Sally slowly tilted her body to the side a few inches so she could peek her head around Randy. She then slowly leaned back, pulling the covers up to her chin, and made eye contact with her nephew. She keeps bringing the horse inside. Inside the house. Bombay gonna make one big mess, she whispered in a shaky voice. No worry, auntie. I'll go talk to the lady. Just eat your breakfast and take your medicine, okay? Oh, auntie, you nuts sometimes. The rest of the day, Randy found himself chuckling at the weird incident, chalking it up to her declining health. When Randy got back home after school, his mom brought up a similar incident that had happened that same day. She had been cleaning the kitchen when she heard Auntie Sally's screams coming from the bedroom. No! Get out! Randy's mom rushed to the bedroom to find Auntie Sally sitting upright, pointing at the same corner wall in the back of the room as earlier. No animals in the house! Abunai! Dangerous. Randy's mom was able to calm Sally down, enough where she was no longer screaming, but again began talking about a horse. She keeps bringing the horse inside. Oh, you too, huh? She was talking about one horse this morning. I never know she liked horses. 
This continued for the next several days, sometimes at night, sometimes in the day, always involving a blonde woman with a horse. Then, one morning, Randy went in to bring Sally's breakfast, but found she had passed some time in the night. They held a funeral later that week and had a small get-together at the home. Just family who were still in Hawaii and some old friends. Uncle Billy, the landlord, also attended the wake. Uncle Billy hadn't known Sally when they were young, but the two formed a friendship after she moved back in with Randy's family. When most of the guests left, Uncle Billy stayed to help clean up. The conversation gradually shifted to memories of Auntie Sally. She was a good one. Even with the dementia, she kept her wit. Ah, such a tease, that Wahine woman, Uncle Billy chuckled. Eh, Randy boy, let me ask you. How was she the day before she went past? Uh, She was fine. Great, actually, now that I think of it. She was cheerful, had energy, more coherent than I've seen her in a long time. I was actually surprised when I found her the next morning and she was gone. She seemed like she was actually getting better the previous day. Exactly. Billy said. What you mean? A long time ago, Uncle Billy used to work in a hospice. A lot of the time, the staff could tell when someone was near the end. The day before someone died, they'd almost always seem healthier and full of life. A bedridden patient who'd normally be in pain would be able to move freely, obviously more comfortable. An Alzheimer's patient would be their old selves again, recognizing family. Notoriously grumpy or senile patients would be smiling and enjoying life. The nurses could practically predict when so-and-so was going make die. They'd come into shift, and before being told who would pass away, they'd say, Oh, was Mr. Tamura, right? Or, let me guess, Miss Nancy died. And they were almost always right. It's almost like they get one last blessed day with us, he added. Well... Before that last day, you should have seen her, Randy said. She kept talking to people or seeing stuff that wasn't there. Couple times I'd hear whispering coming from her room, so I'd go sneak by and find she'd be having full-on conversations alone. Oh yeah, that kind of stuff happens too. 
people seeing their long deceased spouse waiting for them, or nurses walking in and they find a patient chatting up someone who wasn't there, only to hush up and start giggling like they were talking gossip. I even heard of one cat that could tell when people was going to die. The cat would wander around the hospital, then spend all day with a patient. Then they would find out the next day, the patient when Make die. They had to remove the cat because people started freaking out anytime it visited their room, thinking they were going to be next to kick the bucket. Uncle Billy laughed. Funny you bring up animals, Randy responded. She kept talking about one horse inside the house. Billy suddenly stopped laughing. A look of shock and confusion overtook his expressions. One horse? Yeah, and one blonde lady. Randy explained all the times Auntie Sally began shouting at the empty room, telling the woman the horse could not be in the house. He described the woman to Uncle Billy as Sally did. Long, blonde hair tied back into a ponytail. The woman always wore tan pants with beautiful burgundy boots and a crisp, long-sleeved white shirt. And right over here, Randy motioned to the side of his face near the temple She had a wound? Uncle Billy interrupted. Yeah, well, it was one scar. Oh, Uncle, how'd you know that? Billy's eyes began welling up with tears. He was staring off into the distance, much like Auntie Sally did. But Randy could tell Uncle Billy was just lost in thought. Her name was Eloise, Billy said quietly. It was a black horse, right? The one your auntie went see. Yeah, I think so. How'd you know that? Randy asked again, the hairs on his arms now standing erect. Billy blinked and cleared his throat. bringing him back into the moment. He then went into his explanation. Back when Uncle Billy was around 19 or 20 years old, He helped his father work the coffee and macnut farms that took up most of their property. Although his family owned a substantial amount of land in the area, the family suffered several financial setbacks, mainly due to consecutive, unproductive coffee seasons. The tough decision was made to partition the land to sell off a few portions to make up for the debt before it spiraled out of control. The first parcel of land sold 
all those years ago was the one Randy's family was renting. A wealthy family from the mainland new to Hawaii purchased the land to start their new lives as macnut farmers in paradise. The family consisted of a husband, wife, and daughter, Eloise, who was just a few years older than Billy. But you own the land now. How'd you get it back? Randy cut in. No worry, I'll get to that part. The parents spoiled Eloise, their only child. She had expensive dresses and skirts made of the best silk and satin and burgundy boots made of the finest leather. But of all her possessions and hobbies, Eloise's favorite was her horse, Tucker. Tucker was a beautiful black stallion with a long mane that she always kept braided. The girl had a special connection with the horse, spending all of her free time riding and caring for the animal. She would often camp outside under the trees with Tucker or sit out in the rain with the horse so it wouldn't get lonely when everyone else was indoors. Her parents thought Eloise was lonely because she was new in town and didn't have any friends. But the fact was, she loved her life. It just so happened her best friend was a horse. It wasn't long before Billy crossed paths with the mainland girl. They still owned the land surrounding Eloise's family's property, so he began seeing her as she rode her horse around the pastures or through the macnut trees. At first, he hated her. She grew up spoiled and was stuck up to the working-class boy. But no matter how much he tried, Billy couldn't ignore Eloise's beauty. The way she cared for the horse and talked to it when she thought no one was looking showed Billy her compassionate side. He began making it a habit to carry around an apple specifically for their encounters and enjoyed the juicy crunch as Tucker ate the apples whole. So, you always just have an apple in your pocket, huh? Eloise jokingly accused. Yeah? Doesn't everybody? Sure, she smirked. Eloise noticed the effort. It couldn't have been easy always carrying a damn apple around especially doing tough labor on the farm. Isn't that in the way? No? Their conversations started off short. It didn't take Tucker long to eat an apple. But the more they crossed paths, the longer they chatted. 
Billy taught her about Hawaii. Everyone takes off their slippers when they go inside. And she taught him about the mainland. No, we call them flip-flops. More and more, the two began to look forward to their encounters. The teens eventually fell in love, even though their backgrounds contrasted just as much as their skin color. A pretty big deal during this time period in old Hawaii. Billy began sneaking out at night to join Eloise on her camping trips. The pair spending all night talking. Billy decided he wanted to spend the rest of his life with Eloise. Then, tragedy struck. One day, when Billy was fixing a fence on the outskirts of his family's property, Eloise's father came galloping over on his horse, panic on his face. He frantically explained to Billy that Eloise hadn't returned from one of her camping trips with Tucker. She was expected to return at a specific time this day, as the family had a dinner planned in town to celebrate her mother's birthday. Eloise was never late, especially for trips into town, so her parents knew something was wrong. Billy was aware her father despised him, seeing him as below his daughter, so the fact he'd rush over for help meant they were desperate. Billy ran back home and hopped on his own horse and headed to the spot he thought she'd most likely be, the campsite they had made their own over the past few months. He never experienced the type of fear and hopelessness he felt in that moment. Branches whipped at his face as his horse galloped at full speed to their rendezvous location. As he rode up to the site, he could tell Eloise was recently there. The ground was matted down under the tree where she usually slept, and he saw Tucker's hoof marks in the dirt. He followed the horse's trail several hundred feet, then noticed something was wrong. It looked like something had startled the horse as the trail suddenly stopped and seemed to bolt in a different direction. Then, He saw, several feet next to the trail, the ground was dug up. Roots were popping up out of the ground, and the dirt looked as if it had been recently tilled. The telltale sign of a boar. From the direction of the horse's prints, Billy concluded... Eloise was on her way back home when she rode up onto a boar 
that had been feeding. This must have startled the pua'a pig, which in turn startled the horse. He began shouting for Eloise as he rode around aimlessly in search of his love. Then he heard her, Billy, a barely audible whimper, Billy. Billy jumped off his horse and ran in the direction of the sound. As he rounded a tree, he stopped dead in his tracks as he saw the body. Shaking off his shock, he sprinted towards Eloise, who lay crumpled on the ground. He dropped to his knees. She was barely recognizable. The entire right side of her face bruised. Her right eye was swollen shut. Her blonde hair stained red from the blood oozing from the wound on her head near the temple. Eloise must have been bucked off of her horse hitting her head on one of the exposed rocks jetting out of the ground. She smiled when she realized Billy had found her, Billy, then grimaced in pain as she let out a soft whimper. So much blood. It's okay. You're okay. I'm here. The pig charged at Tucker. Tucker... I think it broke his legs. Eloise cried, tears beginning to run down her face. Billy looked up and quickly surveyed the area around them just to make sure the pig was gone. Then he saw in the distance Tucker laying on the ground. The horse's leg kicked occasionally but was too exhausted to even lift its head up. The horse's two front legs were obviously broken. Who knows how many times the broken horse attempted to stand only to fall in excruciating pain. Come on, we gotta get you home, Billy whispered. Billy... Tell Daddy I want to be buried with Tucker. No, don't you talk like that. He cried as he scolded her for talking that way, reassuring her, no one's dying. Billy, promise? Okay, okay, but first we, we gotta get you back home. Billy carefully scooped his love into his arms and tried lifting her up onto his horse. Come on, let's get you home. His plan was to have her sit in front of him so he could hold her as they rode. But she was practically dead weight. The only way he could get her on the horse was to lay her across the saddle on her stomach. He pulled the horse by the reins 
all the way back to her family's home, making sure she would not fall. And that will conclude part one of the two-part story of the lady and the horse. Part two will be dropping in one week. You definitely don't want to miss it. But if you can't wait a week for the conclusion, head over to patreon.com slash ghostloreofhawaii or click the link in the show notes. Part two is already available to patrons of all tiers. For as little as the price of a cup of coffee per month, members get access to early release episodes, bonus full-length and mini-episodes, free gifts, and a lot more. Do you have a story or topic you'd like covered on the podcast? You can email me at ghostlore.of.hawaii at gmail.com If you're enjoying Ghost Lore of Hawaii, please leave a review and rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Reviews are super important in getting the show in front of new listeners. A really big deal for an independently produced show like mine. Follow me on Instagram at ghostlore.of.hawaii I post updates and useful information for the podcast, as well as stuff I find entertaining. Please continue to share your favorite episodes with your friends and family. If they don't have any of the listening apps like Repod or Spotify, they can listen for free at ghostloreofhawaii.com. Although I intend for all historical information to be as accurate as possible, I cannot always guarantee it will be. I make mistakes too. Please look into any topics you find interesting on your own. There's so much great information, I cannot always fit into one episode. Some names and locations may be altered for privacy's sake. And a quite a lot of, and a quite, and quite a lot, quite, and quite a few listeners from India as well. Auntie Sally's health steadily deteriorated, 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 steadily deteriorated. You're not uh, looking to rob some houses? <laughs> You're not the sleepy time strangler, are you? Uh, uh, I'm just kidding. There was some missing dirt bikes. That wasn't you, was it? Uh, uh, I'm just joking with you. Say, are you the Grand Theft Auto granny? 